Hi. Hey. How you doing, friend? You having a good day? Are you? Let me turn my mic down so I don't blow your ears out. I know you feel like that kind of thing. My name is Angie, by the way. And this is my podcast. It doesn't have a name yet, but I'm sure one will introduce itself to me. You know, for the last year, I've been struggling like so many people financially, emotionally, just watching the world turn and being devastated by so many awful stories, but at the same time, feeling guilty because I have so much beauty and passion in my own life. And I thought to myself, I'll get a therapist. Yeah, I'll get a therapist. Couldn't afford one. So guess what? Hi, you're my therapist. Just knowing that you're listening to me and at least one time during this podcast, you shake your head and go, yeah, I agree with her. Yeah, I get it. That makes me feel better. And if by the end of this podcast, you've learned something that can help you in your own life, then guess what? I did my job. You know, I I did something. I did something. So I wish I could give you my hand. I wish I could give you a hug. But instead, I'm going to hug you with my annoying voice. And what I researched the first topic, which is hashtag no wanks. You know, it's ironic to me personally that a men's group dedicated to empowering America's men and dedicated to fighting against the oppression of men. (laughs) Oppression of men. Sorry. That a group that fights against the oppression of men would call themselves boys. Now, We're going to focus on the sexuality and gender issues here, not the racism or the nationalism or the homophobia. That's a part of it. But I I truly believe that once a group of people is controlled or manipulated in the bedroom, the rest sort of falls into place and they toe the line where the other issues lie. Psychology aside, well, not totally. You're not going to hear that from me. You're not going to hear that on this podcast because it's essential to be holistic in terms of looking at all the pieces of an issue. It's important to talk about physiology, how things work, why do they work that way, how we feel about them, as well as how our pasts, you know, our experiences define our interpretation of them. You know, if you have trauma in relationship to sex and it could be violent trauma or it could be something as simple as you were embarrassed one day because your mom caught you jerking off in your room, right? Those things can have a chemical and an almost like a, a, a nerve reaction in the future. You can have a fight or flight response. You can blush and be embarrassed when you hear the word masturbation. So what's really important is to talk about it as much as possible and to normalize those terms, normalize sex. So that way it isn't such a big taboo topic. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. I digress. Sex isn't a black and white issue. Pardon that turn of phrase. It's the only thing I could think of. But sex isn't about penises and vaginas friends it's it's not about boys and girls or gender at all really right now okay it's much more complex can it be I don't know I don't know I have yet to have a single person in my life that I care about okay or that influences me say to me that it's just about men and women and penises and vaginas and I shove this and that and then this stuff happens and then a baby is born like it's 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 not like that for a lot of us okay back to the point proud boys. Using the term boys, it infantilizes a following and it puts them beneath the leadership. So they take orders easier because there is power in words that are repeated over and over again. But I digress. Okay, I'm going to continue digressing. 
labeling your following as boys, even if you capitalize that word, it gives them a goal to achieve. It makes them want to move up ranks. Boys are unfinished people. They're unfinished men. There's room for improvement and room to gain power to find ba 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 bomb manhood the very thing that they are grouped together supposedly to defend right they're worried about cancel culture they're worried that other genders and other sexualities are going to make them obsolete so we have a bad guy to fight against right if we're proud boys anything that goes against masculine chauvinist views remember these people are self-proclaimed male chauvinists what's a chauvinist you ask here we go excessive or prejudiced support for one's own cause group or sex that's what a chauvinist is by the way recent happenings in our government in case you haven't heard about them on january 6th led me to ask questions like hey why are trump supporters turning out to not only be assholes but crazy cultists as well in many cases my research of all these different groups that stormed the Capitol that day, well, it led down a dark, greasy Confederate flag flying path to other organized special interest groups. We're going to call them that. Quotey fingers, friends, special interest groups. We're going to call them that politely because calling them sycophantic, racist, homophobic, white nationalist, cunty, non-cunts isn't nice. Anyways, special interest groups that that praised our nation mostly white men and white people right down to their core at a sickening rate of tangible stinky manson like family dedication you know one group creeped me out more than most their name seemed ironic right i just couldn't wrap my head around it i wanted to know what their deal was i wanted to know what it took to be a proud boy one detail stood out i'm gonna have a drink I like sex. That's not what stood out. I'm making a statement. And because I like sex, I am fascinated by it and I read a lot about it. So we're going to talk about hashtag no wangs. Ready? Proud Boys founder Gavin McGinnis stumbled upon a stand-up comedy routine. I'm not kidding you. Uh, a comedy routine. And that was the basis for the sexual control of his entire group of people. He made some changes here, added a bit of white nationalist pizzazz there, and formulated the rules of conduct involving sex and masturbation for an entire group of <coughs> male people, boys. By the way, this started as a dare in like a, a social group somewhere. I don't want to share the details of the comedian. I thought about it, but do I really want to tie him to this? I, I don't want that particular comedian to start popping up every time somebody talks about the Proud Boys, you know? I don't know, maybe someday I'll have him on the podcast. I literally have zero listeners right now. Just to tell you the truth, I can't even get a one-armed guy to come on the show to talk about what it's like to have sex differently abled because he's worried he'll lose his job. And there's, it's going to take me a while to unpack that one. But maybe we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> Anywho, I digress. Back to making masturbation illegal or taboo. Was this a new idea? You know, limit masturbation, outlaw pornography, discourage talking about the topics, and make them fully taboo to the point of your own members policing one another and using threats of violence when people within the group post or share details or struggles. You know, I, I took the time to go down that rabbit hole and I learned quite a bit, 
reading through posts, you know, in, in groups specifically by the Proud Boys. And if a young man was posting and saying, look, I'm really struggling with this no rank wank rule and I really need help. He would get obliterated, uh, threats of violence and everything else because he's showing weakness, right? Let's think about it. Group mentality. One of us is weak. We're all weak. We have to call the herd. That's how they think of it. Okay. You picking up on a power theme here? Oh, also the Proud Boys plan and intentionally reinforce heteronormative relationships. And the claim is that the no wank rule will increase manhood and increase connection with sexual and romantic partners and help men reclaim their power in the bedroom and thus their power socially. Okay. Now I think they have a fail safe in their plan. I'm sure when they were all sitting around their little table, somebody put their hand up and, you know, and said, Gavin, if we don't give these guys some sort of release, they're going to turn on one another. Eventually they did, by the way, the proud boys have a splinter group called the fraternal order of alt knights. They differ primarily in racial beliefs and have a more streamlined focus on the white agenda and protecting white folks from losing their culture with violence. But anyway, God, it's ridiculous. Is this type of, of controlling of another person's sexuality and release new? No, it's not new. And some aspects of this type of self-control, you know, when you make the decision for yourself, self-policing of sexuality can help tremendously if the person in question has a diagnosed addiction to pornography or is having issues connecting with a lover, has medical issues or fertility issues, spacing out masturbation, changing how you do things can help. Now, here's the thing though. Notice I said diagnosed. Did you hear that? Many, many people confuse OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, with having addictions or having broken or weak minds. Now, it's very complex. You can have OCD and be an addict. You can be an addict and not have OCD, right? Okay. This is the crux of how OCD and ADD and ADHD kind of really work. You know, the people with these conditions, they look to the world around them for explanations about how they feel in their own minds. You know, they even look with problems they look for problems with the people around them to explain why what they see and how they feel about it seems flawed right breaks and issues instead of realizing that their brains are just wired differently maybe their hormones are off I digress <laughs> sorry anyways if you are having issues sexually seeing a real professional is the way to go jumping onto the beliefs of a cult well we'll get into that in a bit so back to this tactic of making things taboo and controlling through rules and restrictions, you know, how people behave in the privacy of their own homes. It's not a new tactic, but it has very seedy roots. You know, you can go back to the Greeks, you can go all the way back to Mesopotamia and talk about sexuality, and we will someday. But specifically, we're going to we're going to start more in modern times. It's a tactic that was used by the Nazis. And when I talk about that, you know, policing the sex lives, I'm talking about policing the sex lives sexual health and reproduction of their own people. Now, many would assume I'm referring to what the Nazis did to Jewish people. And to some extent, absolutely, because you have to look at the bigger picture, you know, the medical experimentation, the forced sterilization, forced abortions. But the Nazis used very clear cut rules about extramarital sex, abortion and disease prevention. Okay. They controlled all of the information that was educated all of the information that was disseminated to all of the people. Okay. Let me give you a little spoiler alert. It fucking failed miserably. Their STI counts skyrocketed, right? So lesson learned? No, because the U.S. is still cutting education on sexuality and life skills in exchange for promise rings and virginity parties. 
All right, thanks. By the way, STI is what we call STDs now for any of my friends born to, <laughs> born prior to the late 90s, but not to digress. So yeah, the, the Nazis and other cult-like horrible people and groups set sexual taboos to control and gain allegiance. If a group of people is willing to abide by a rule as deeply rooted in their own personal lives like this, what else will they agree to do and follow? And to add to that, the younger you start a person and the more solitary they feel, the more resentment they feel, the easier it is to indoctrinate them. You sacrifice one pleasure to be a cog and to feel like you are instrumental in the process of a machine, you'll be more apt to sacrifice other pleasures for the rewards that you get, however you, you, know, you interpret them as such. Well, do not be fooled by the guise of no wanks helps relationships. Having taboo, no no things in a social group of people that everyone understands to be bad, that helps bind them together, creates, creates group morale, right? It's not always a horrible thing to society. Once you establish a basis of us, this is us, this is what we do, this is how we do it, versus them, that's how they do it. People start to identify and look for the other us's in that group, right? You start to look around for other people that are similar to you. An example, and this is not a bad one, mind you, but it exists. Jewish people, just on the basics, basis of the surface of things, they don't eat shellfish or pork. They have reasons for it, right? But boom, that's a rule, and it's us and them. People who eat shrimp, people who don't. Shrimp, shellfish? I don't know. Mormons. Mormons can't drink caffeine. I mean, they can, but they're not supposed to. They can't do any drugs. They can't drink any alcohol. They just can't do it. And there are very specific rules, and it's very well communicated. That brings me to Catholicism, the Catholic Church. Now, keep in mind, the Catholic Church is beloved by the Proud Boys founder. It is very much instrumental and influential in how they set their rules and the criteria. And I believe specifically, if you compare the two, Catholicism influenced those steps that you have to take to become an, an official, quote, proud boy. The Pope himself has spoken truth to power, and he's called out nationalist groups and racists, right? Look, it is what it is. He did what 45 wouldn't do, and I'm okay with that. But the Pope is still, still not for gay marriage. Anyway, I digress again. Masturbation, among a litany of, of other shit, is, you know, taboo or not allowed in Catholicism. You gotta read the Bible for them, but they're there. There's tons of them. And to the old-fashioned Catholics, masturbation is a no-no. It's a long list of shit. And to be quite honest, I get angry talking about most of them, so we'll save them for another topic on religion on another day. LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, let me scroll down a little bit to my notes. Thou shalt not empty one seed sack outside of the seed receptacle of a woman. It doesn't say that exactly in the Bible, but it's written in there. Here's the skinny on the masturbation rules. And before I say anything more, keep in mind, I disagree wholeheartedly with them. Masturbation is healthy. It actually prolongs prostate health. It increases stamina. It helps with blood pressure and can help people with penises connect to what they like. And in turn, help in the bedroom. I have a whole list of go wank off idiots that I'll share later on. A man can only ejaculate if he is within one yard of a woman with her consent. I have quotey fingers up, friends, because it really was written. Somebody wrote that. That's a direct quote from a Proud Boys forum. 
So get out that yardstick, fellas. Get to measuring. Toss out your dance cards, ladies, and get yourself a measuring tape. So masturbation is banned, but allowed once a month, and you can watch porn that one time as long as a person who is biologically female gives consent and is within the space of one yard. Jeez. Here's the issue, man. Masturbation is intrinsically internal, but when used with a partner can really, really help with communication and can bring togetherness. So does making sure that you, you know, you can masturbate with your partner near. Yeah. In sexual situations when both are interested and turned on. Plus I find it really sexy. Try it. You'll love it. Yeah, it absolutely does help. But that's not what's happening here. That's not what this is. Private masturbation. That is one dude, one chick, one person, their thoughts, their bodies. It involves taking time for them, for people to focus on pleasuring themselves, self-discovery and knowledge of yourself as a solitary being and envisioning oneself as a person removes that whole sheep in the flock mentality. And it's dangerous to these groups that rely on groupthink. That's capital G, capital T, groupthink and hero focus. Groupthink meaning you get enough people together who believe enough things and all agree, right? And then you make them feel like heroes in that you say, there's a bad guy over there and that bad guy's putting a lot of people in danger. You're the hero. They're going to activate. They're going to move, right? Take a breath, Angie. Here we go. It's not cute or cool or legal to masturbate in a car in a schoolyard, right? You and I know that. There are mores. There are social norms. There are laws that tell us you can't do that shit because somewhere along the line, somebody did, right? But here's a problem with our society and with many societies, religious views, not ethical ones, not common sense ones, religious views still pepper all of our laws in so many different states, right? Look at your state's laws as homosexuality itself as a practice, as a practice, not being gay, but having, quote, gay sex, which, by the way, sodomy is not gay sex. It's just another form of having intimacy. Is it illegal on the books of your local town, on your town charter or whatever, however that works? If it is illegal, ask yourself why. It doesn't have anything to do with anything other than the Catholic Church and religion. Masturbation is healthy and part of the mammalian experience. And human beings are 100% mammalian. God, I love that episode anyway. <laughs> Notice I didn't say human experience. That's because many animal species engage in self-pleasure. Oh my God, don't Google that. So yeah, I jump all around here with non sequiturs and sequiturs because it's all tied together, right? But think of it as being given parts of the whole puzzle gradually. You got to understand the cogs and the gears before you can picture the machine. We know how the machine works, right? No, not really. The more you dig into sexuality and how society functions, the more you realize that it is a complete lack of respect for complexity that's causing our issues. A denial of complexities and a denial of education at the same time. You can't boil sexuality down to men and women doing stuff. It's not that simple. You get a group of people together. You find things in common. You set rules and restrictions and give them a binding goal. But you don't educate them. You create a club, right? Clubs are fun. They give us a feeling of community, of togetherness. And sometimes you got to set rules to limit the shady stuff that could overshadow the purpose of a club. But in this case, 
those rules are creating a powder keg of frustration and making matters worse. I'm going to take a pause right here so I can say this. When I did this research and when I decided I was going to do this topic, it was prior to the most two recent shootings, okay, mass shootings. And I want to describe those mass shooters as frustrated, sexually and emotionally frustrated white men and fairly young white men. So as I'm reading this, please understand that I may seem callous about this and I may be saying things that could trigger you. However, there are things happening in society that are supporting my points of view right now. Back to it. <laughs> the use of controlled sexuality and sex life of a group of people, in my opinion, it leads to more of an incel mentality and leads down a road of frustration, anger, and lashing out at the very things that one deems to be blamed for that frustration, i.e. women and feminism, right? Sometimes people of color, you know, whatever it is. This rule, this is the Proud Boys appealing to a fringe group of people with the ends justify the means mentality and the thought of, well, power in numbers. If you ask a true to the core, to the core Proud Boy about women's voting rights, what do you think he'll say? Probably. Why do you need to vote? Can't you trust your man to do that for you with your best interest in mind? Right? We're going to get dirty for a minute. Let me, let me give you a bit of my own kinky blues. I am absolutely turned on by the thought of my partner saving their sexuality and their pleasure for me. I love a buildup. Maybe it's because I'm a Taurus. Who knows? But I love a long, sexy buildup. Going all day, flirting, sexting, whatever. And then coming together hard at the end of the night. After a prolonged separation, too. It's yummy. But... But I know in my heart and in my head where my common sense is, my partner and I, we're not going to line up time-wise all the time. We're not going to line up energy-wise and hormone-wise all the time. And I know that my partner needs to release. And I know it's good for them. And after this podcast, you're going to know too. <laughs> I have masturbated in front of my partner and vice versa. But I was shocked to talk to people who don't, can't, won't for whatever reason. This knowledge, everything I'm saying to you, this isn't the norm in our society. People don't have these conversations just out of the blue. And parents don't have these conversations with kids, which perpetuates the problem. Okay? So people are so fucking pent up and frustrated and confused about why and how they feel those things, right? That they need to find justification for how they feel. They need an us versus them. They need a bad guy. They need rules. Are the Proud Boys an incel group? No. No, not exactly, but they sure do attract incels. But Angie, what's an incel group? Well, baby furry, mama's going to be jealous. Let's talk about incels a little bit. Incel stands for involuntarily celibate. Think about how loaded those two words are. These are people who at their core self-label as wanting the basics of sex, okay, the act of it, but being denied them for some reason, for some claim, usually for social reasons, some claim um, it's because while they're highly intelligent, their genes are lacking, so they're not physically uh, desirable to women, or that women have the ability to attract better quality men using makeup and such. I'm not shitting you. These are real beliefs. Some, and it is a minority, will say that they can't seem to figure out how to find a sexual partner, which, by the fucking way, fucking ditto, dudes. Women and other genders feel the same way. We struggle finding partners that, that we can connect with. Everybody does. We all have that problem. Welcome to society. Most of the posts 
on incel message boards just stink of resentment. Now, some do comment that they want a partner, that they want someone to love, but that isn't the common thread amongst these incels. To them, sex is an entitlement that women are denying them and there is a power struggle happening and they want to win, to come out on top, literally and figuratively. That was very, very uh, play on words and I apologize. <laughs> this is a war that threatens men even existing. God, this is so fucking creepy to me. I plan to have an entire episode to dig deeper into this subgroup, but I, I can't right now because it makes me sick. But you can see why a group like the Proud Boys would appeal to this subculture, right? We're on the same page, I'm sure. You're smart. You're hip. You get it. But mark my words. Incel groups and white nationalist groups and self-labeled chauvinist groups are going to merge with the more militant groups. And when they do, however long they last together before getting tired of each other's fucking issues, our country is going to see the biggest upheaval and the most terrorism on our soil by our men and boys. Now, hopefully we can get ahead of it. Good God, Debbie Downer, right? I'm sorry. Back to the no wank roll. Do you see what I said about sexuality being complex now? This shit is bananas. Why limit masturbation? Are these men hiding in corners 18 hours a day, jerking off obsessively without the rules in place? Probably not. There is a lot of misinformation out there on the World Wide Web about the dangers of masturbating too much. There must have been some crusty, dusty old dude somewhere who masturbated to the point of looking like an old deflated balloon and putting out puffs of dust, right? <laughs> I don't know why people would believe some of this bullshit. Here are some myths about masturbation that have been pushed over the years as in real adults believe this real shit. And I'm going to try not to spend too much time arguing each one, but I can't help but comment on them. I can't even read them without getting mad. All right. Masturbation causes acne, blindness, insanity, or excessive hair growth. If you go through the history books, you will see insane asylums that had on their dockets people being checked in, sometimes for the rest of their lives, for obsessive masturbation. Okay? And sometimes it's just because their mom walked in on them once and was embarrassed and then put them in there. Anyways, it will cause injury to the genitals. Yeah, if you're pulling too hard, you dipshit. Sorry. Breathe. It affects sperm count and makes him infertile. No, not quite. But those of my listeners who have battled fertility issues don't glaze over. Know that this topic comes up a lot. And we're going to talk about it later. But oftentimes men who are told not to masturbate between trying to have a successful pregnancy and other times they're told to masturbate more. It has to do with the cycle of sperms. You know, keeping sperm healthy. Or, you know, matching up with their partner. It's not all the same thing as just masturbation makes makes it so that you can't have babies. That's not true. It causes one, this is a direct quote, it causes one to lose their innocence, quote, comma, to lose their virginity. Now, aside from the patriarchal focus on vaginas and uteruses and dowries and the social power that was tied to being a virgin and thus marketable like a piece of fucking meat, like a cow, this doesn't even apply to men socially. It's counterintuitive because we reward boys for being sexually active. And don't tell me we don't. We absolutely do. Why? Why is this still a thing? I got a drink. By the way, friends, I didn't say it in the beginning. I'm going to say it now. Hydrate. Drink your water. Your body needs it. Why is this still a thing? No one cares about what you do safely, sanely, and consensually with your partners or with your own body. Except for, well, 
religious knots in people like the Proud Boys. It causes erectile dysfunction, quite the fucking opposite. For athletes, this is a big one that I cannot wait to get into. I have dear friends who are MMA fighters, into karate, and into different you know, martial arts. And I have friends who are athletes. And some claim that they don't masturbate or have sex during certain periods of their lives and during certain periods of training because it decreases testosterone levels enough that it makes it harder for them to build that muscle. Now, these men and women who lift weights and put on muscle they know their body chemistry. Um, they know more about nutrition than most nutritionists than I know. So I respect them in terms of them having a routine that works for them. However, they're wrong. Some abstain from sexual release, kind of the opposite, because they hold fast to the thought that they're more explosive on the mat. Oof, God, that is really sexy. <laughs> I equate that to an athlete wearing the same socks sometimes, right? Those, I need my special socks. But for some of those athletes, you know, it's a mental game. It's a self-punishment until they win. They reward themselves with sex afterwards. My God, that, I'll take a minute. The thought that I could have a partner in my life who is really physically fit and is really, really into putting themselves through all that shit so that they can get in a cage and fight for their lives and then get out. And the first thing they think about is me and having sex. I think that's really hot. Anyway, I digress. I want to read you a post. This is on Quora. It's one of those like social media sites where you can post questions and people will answer them with bullshit and hopefully you don't believe them. I'm not going to Reddit just yet. I tried to the other day to go to Reddit to, to come up with another topic and to get some research, but uh, I couldn't get through the post because I was screaming at my screen. The question was, does masturbation hurt me? I've read and heard a lot of stuff and I'm embarrassed by how much I, how much I masturbate. The following are real comments from real people and I am not responsible for any stupidity therein. Here we go. Please don't use message boards, by the way, to research your reproductive and sexual issues. Find a doctor, a nurse, contact Planned Parenthood. I mean, they have great info out there. Hell, message me and I'll help you find resources. I hate message boards and such because the ignorance that reigns supreme in them. Remember again when I told you earlier about people searching for evidence or justification for how they feel? That evidence, if it's not scientific and if it's not based on a fact, you're just using whatever somebody writes to support why you feel the way you do. Here we go. You ready? There are too many benefits of not masturbating. Also, masturbation can be harmful, but not masturbating is never harmful. By not masturbating, you will have better health, more energy, more ability to concentrate on studies slash work slash career and feel more focused in life. Your body and face will shine. Most people these days, unfortunately, believe masturbation is good for health. It is actually worse in long term for health. Unfortunately, there are rarely any books available on benefits of not masturbating. That's because it's bullshit. And then the person puts in a, a link to an Amazon book. Let me tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm going to digress again. If you're looking for information in books on sex, great. However, look to the right of that person's name. Are there a bunch of letters there? Do they have degrees? Look in the back of the book. Are there references? Are there resources to actual researches? No, there aren't. Don't fucking read it. Put it down. It's opinion based. You can formulate your own opinion. Get yourself, empower yourself. Fill your brain with knowledge and facts and then you formulate your opinion, okay? Here we go. We're going to go back to this. Oh God. People spend so much money on useless and not so useful things almost every day but feel reluctant to buy some good books that can change their lives. A book doesn't cost more than a single movie ticket or a coffee or popcorn and a multiplex. Nobody fucking says multiplex anymore. 
a good book can be life transforming and worth worth like millions so read if you want to change the perspective forever and will stop believing the copy paste statements saying masturbation is harmless by not masturbating you will be saved from all those problems that masturbation creates that masturbators create on their own mind and body masturbation can do harm to the body it weakens the immune system it can create constipation even chronic it corrupts the digestive system it disturbs the functions of the blood it negatively affects hormones it weakens the sex organs and pelvic muscles no it doesn't kegels bitch they aren't just for new moms that's me i wrote that in it doesn't because kegels kegels exist it is a disease creator <sighs> later you may start getting aches and pains anywhere in the body and diseases cropping up it can cause depression confusion and lack of motivation it can give hard time at later age masturbation addiction can ruin the life it can make personal unsocial too much masturbation create multiple health problems and diseases it can cause erectile dysfunctions premature ejaculation thinning of the semen that's not how science works friend the sex life after marriage can greatly affect due to that both have unsatisfied sex life there are many negative effects on mind and body so it's always best to never masturbate ever and you will see its huge benefits eventually let's unpack the fact that this even exists as a person that this is a person in the world that thinks this shit and then let's unpack the fact that they're ballsy enough to share it on a social forum fucking flat earthers aside friends this is a dominant viewpoint in several religions and in several regions of our country this isn't just one person okay look i'm not going to shit on your religions but lying is a sin is it not here's one and so i'm going to read you two responses and these are responses from people who kind of fucking get that the other person is stupid all right you ready this is from josh joseph joseph hopper this was answered in 2019 you ready the only benefit you get from not masturbating is a few more minutes in your day masturbation is not harmful i want you to do a thought experiment with me you will notice that every time you see someone talking about how masturbation drains your energy or depletes various bodily resources, they never mention intercourse. Why is that? The effects on the body are exactly the same. So if masturbation is bad for you, then so is intercourse. There's a caveat here. If you suffer from anxiety about masturbation, then your anxiety can cause all sorts of issues. Snap, 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 friend. I agree with you. But the problem is anxiety not masturbation for this situation you really should talk to a therapist they have tools and knowledge to help look common sense oh my god it feels so good right i get the feeling sometimes in the depth of my heart that we and when i say we i mean you and me you know open-minded people that we are a minority drowning in a sea of people praying for us and saving unborn babies but locking brown babies in cages liberal moment i digress sorry Here's another one. This is the, the, the last social media post that I'll, I'll read you today. As long as you're not religious or otherwise, ma or, or otherwise believe that masturbation is bad, there, it doesn't make a difference whether you masturbate or not. Now, this person has like a little aside that they put. For people who believe that masturbation is bad, it can be harmful. They get burdened by stress, anxiety, guilt, and terrible fear, which is very unhealthy. This kind of stress can lead to psychosomatic changes in the body. Absolutely. Listen to me. If you feel sick all the time, right, you feel nausea, you feel anxiety, it's going to affect you. And if you're feeling bad about such a basic human experience, it's going to affect you. Here we go. Here's the basics of masturbation. 
Let's talk about how it happens and how it works, it being your penis and your orgasm. But first, let's debunk those myths, which, by the way, wouldn't be a fucking issue if we had sex ed in schools. But remember, religions don't want sex ed or people seeing sex as normal because hive minds will do as they are told. All right. There was a rant starting to, like, bubble up in the back of my throat. I'm going to drink a little bit of water. I am, by the way, drinking right out of a gallon because I'm classy like that. All right. Keep in mind, as you hear me debunk these myths, that it this is cyclical. If you help to nurture anxiety and guilt over masturbation that already exists, if you help to reinforce embarrassment that comes naturally with ignorance, with simply not knowing, if you support mis and misinformation with legislation and restrictions on your followers, the people who believe you often need to believe you to justify how they're feeling inside and be able to be part of that group, right? It's a mind fuck. The answer to all this is education, using science, using research, using patience. Knowledge is power. This is how you empower men, proud boys. You educate them using science about their body. No one should know more about how your body works than you. I mean, obviously you need surgeons and doctors that specialize in each individual area of your body, right? You want to take back your manhood? You want to take back men? You teach men how their manhood works. And how to live in a society as men when the society is maturing, maturing. I keep saying men, keep in mind, okay? I'm talking about people who are biologically born and identify. They're cisgendered men who are worried because there are other genders out there. I'm not talking about transgendered men going through their transition. Most transgendered men that I've met have been the most open-minded people because they get put through so much shit. Transgendered women, the same thing. Whatever you choose to call yourself, I'm going to respect and I'm going to call you that. Because at the end of the day, if you're a nice person, I'll call you whatever you want. I don't care. You can be a man, okay, and have other sexualities and genders exist around you. What you need to label as a man can still exist without poisoning other communities with toxic masculinity. That's another topic, right? It's getting hot in here. Teach your men how to dick down a partner. How to make love well and with passion. <sighs> This is why we can't have nice things. I told you I'm passionate, right? I'm <laughs> just a dork with a thing for sexual knowledge and social justice. All right. Masturbation causing acne. Coincidence, mostly. What age group do we know of that tends to be a little bit more rehearsed in the masturbation area? Teens. And what do teens deal with quite a bit is they hit puberty. That's right, folks. Acne. Masturbation actually lowers the amount of stress hormones in the body. Stress hormones can cause an, an inflammatory response and inflammation can lead to infection, redness, and swelling. Okay, if you jerk off too much, you're going to go blind. This is an old thought. Days, days, and days back. Let's go back to Aristotle first. During the days of Aristotle, and I'm going to boil this down, it's much more complex than this, but people thought, you know, where does this come from? Where does this white junk come from when I pull on this thing down here? So every time they masturbated, they thought, okay, well, it comes from in there, but where is it stored? And someone had the bright idea that it was stored in a sack in the brain behind the eyes, like a storage unit. So with that thought in mind, they trudged on through life thinking, well, what's going to happen to my eyes if this sack deflates, right? They thought it was stored in the eyes. They didn't realize that semen, unlike eggs in a woman's uterus, is made regularly and that there isn't this big bubble of semen stored behind the eyes, you know? So semen, you and I know semen can hold germs and bacteria and viruses. 
there's no doubt that having someone get ejaculated into your eye can sting, even from a healthy person. And that's because there is a specific amount of acidity to it. And that has to do with helping the sperm swim. So the male body has the ability to produce a little bit of vitamin C. And that vitamin C gives the sperm kind of a little jolt so that they can swim a little bit better. So we know that, that semen can transfer illnesses. Herpes, for example. Syphilis, for example, right? They were really, really misunderstood. And, and a lot of people went insane from syphilis and died. But in, in the meantime, as they're getting worse and worse, if they got it in their eyes and they had herpes in their eyes, they went blind. Babies were born blind to mothers who had syphilis. So for generations, people just assumed that one led to the other. But how many men do you know are ejaculating into their own eyes to actually feel what it feels like? Don't answer that. Please, if you're one of those people, please don't message me. So there's life experience of it, right? It burns, so it must be dangerous. There's a link, too, to this myth, uh, this myth that trends. Healthcare and pamphlets and stuff that were actually circulated. Victorians. They really had some weird thoughts on how humans work. There's a book called uh, Solitary Sex, A Cultural History of Masturbation. It's a really good starting point if you really want to delve deeper into this one. Long story short, don't get calm in your eyes from a person who might not be clean. Don't tug too hard. Use lubrication and experiment with self-massage. Friends don't let friends use lotion to jerk off. Here's why. Having any oil-based lotions on your hands or genitals before sex can damage the condoms if you're using them. Um, and you're going to reach for the nearest lube you can find and hand lotion isn't that. Here's the other thing. Lotion nowadays is designed to be absorbed into the skin faster. A dry feeling. Okay. So they're not slick. They're not slimy. They increase the friction. And that's not good. Here's one. Excessive hair growth or hair loss. Oh man. Firstly, with the hair loss, it was literally just a thought. The people thought at one point, it takes protein to ejaculate, okay? You, you ejaculate protein. So if you come too often, your body is making protein that should be going toward making hair. Let me tell you something, the two aren't the same thing. So for that reason, the same process that goes into to your body making semen is identical to like your eyebrow hair or some shit. And so they thought that some of your hair would fall out because of that. But at the same time, the same group of people also thought that the opposite could happen that you could be incredibly hairy, right? Look, the myths about baldness aside, let's talk about this for a second. If this were true, I would be bald. And I know I have quite a few friends who would be slick as whales not to. Not to mention the fact that I've read entire books on the virility and the sexiness of bald people. You know, there's a, there's a little bit to say about that. Anyways, I would be polished, smooth, and shiny um, if this myth were true. I will delve into the hormone aspects on another debunking the bullshit comment in a minute. Injury to the genitals, it happens usually from aggression and tugging so hard. Go out and actually get a real lubricant, friends. Stop using your girlfriend's lotion. That's not what it's for. And believe it or not, the, the rating levels on popular body lotions is sometimes one of the criteria is how fast they absorb. Friction causes heat. Heat causes burn. Sperm count going down. Okay, here's the skinny. Some data and research has shown that optimum semen quality occurs after two to three days of ejaculation. Some, and the fertility business and the science is really spearheading this because, you know, there are people out there who can't have babies and they really want to. And so they are paying tons and tons of money to find out why and how, right? 
it's logical that where there is a demand for it, the research will happen. If people are paying, it's a tough cookie to swallow, but if people are paying, they will research it. There is a myriad of illnesses and human conditions that aren't being researched like this because, well, no one can profit from them. But again, I digress. We know a lot about sperm, where it comes from and what it does within that cycle that it goes you know, through and, and what it is that you need to know on the issues. There is a natural cycle in the male body, just like there is in the female body. Women who are healthy without any sort of troubles reproductively are born by women, I'm, people with uteruses, right? They're born with all of the eggs that they are ever going to have. Whereas men, their bodies make batches of their stuff, right? So waiting to masturbate a few days is usually on the list of to-dos for couples who are trying to get pregnant simply with the, you know, there's power in numbers rule. Your sperm count isn't going to be as low. But here's the kicker that people don't realize. Sometimes the waiting is about finding the right time in the woman's cycle so that she's ovulating. Not about the sperm count of the man necessarily, but you know, how to make the load count. Oh my God, that's gross. Sorry. How to make the load count. Having sexual intercourse and masturbating will help the cycle within the male body kind of like out with the old and with the new, right? I'm not going to even talk about the fucking virginity bullshit. It's overrated and it's creepy how parents are fascinated by it promise rings from dads to daughters and shit that mess is kooky but you get me jerking off isn't going to make you dirty listen to me this is a talk that no one had with me and it's not a talk that our generation had i'm 40 years old and i know that there's not a lot of people that can say their parents did this sit your kids down tell them that self-exploration and masturbation is normal that animals do it babies do it friends babies get erections and babies do it um let them know that it doesn't make them dirty that it's not going to make them less pure their actions and behaviors toward others are let's talk about um let's talk about ed erectile dysfunction we'll go back to the last issue in a minute that's a blanket term used for the issues that men can have not being able to have an erection not being able to have a full erection um, erections that don't last or for men who cannot maintain a stride and have premature ejaculation which by the way friends that's its own thing with its own family of issues the list of things that can cause um ed it's long right? It's, it's a huge list and it's almost heartbreaking when you read it. Masturbation, that is the physical act, is not on the list. Diabetes, depression, obesity, heart disease, bladder issues, prostate issues, alcohol and cigarette use, all of these things can devastate a man's ability to gain and keep an erection. And treating many of those issues like medications and such can also have an adverse effect on sexual health. Hear me out. I haven't been able to find a single study that shows that masturbation can help ED outright, like as a treatment, because again, ED and signs of issues in the bedroom, it's almost always rooted in something else, right? If your dick doesn't work, friends, get it checked out. It might be a mind brain, it might be like a mind body component where your brain is doing it. Normalize going to see a doctor to make sure that your plumbing is working. Anyways, for a lot of men, there's a mental and emotional component and masturbation can bridge that gap between the whole mind over matter. We'll talk about that later. I highly suggest learning about edging and practicing both that and kegels when you masturbate. A very good comedian talks about knowing your stroke count and working with it. If your stroke count is four or five, first of all, I am so sorry <laughs> and I feel for you. But take the time and you'll be able to increase that count and last longer. Bottom line is you shouldn't have to do all this alone or without easily accessed information. And you shouldn't have to be embarrassed about it, right? I, in fact, I remember a conversation I had with a dear friend of mine about pre-gaming where, and, and he gets around, he has, he's got a lot of partners, <laughs> where he masturbates before he goes on dates because he didn't want to be pent up 
And so he would be desensitized to stimulation so that if they did have sex, he would last a little bit longer and all of that. So he had like his own kind of routine. All right. <clears throat> the next issue. Alrighty, my athletes, let's talk about T. Testosterone. One of the most misunderstood hormones in the human experience and something that seems to be held over men's heads socially and sexually like a goddamn sword of Damocles. You either have too much and you're too macho or not enough and you're too femme. Look, testosterone isn't what makes you a man, but it can help with those secondary sexual qualities um, that society identifies as, quote, male, right? Here's the thing about testosterone. I'm going to blow your mind. Levels of hormones in utero, levels of hormones that a fetus experiences while developing can have a direct effect on sexuality and gender presentation after birth. Mind blown, right? Do you know what that tells us? Since all of the levels are different in every mother, in every woman, in every person, and since the utero experience is different to every human being, then there is going to be a spectrum of levels of manness, femaleness, and everywhere in between. Boom! Yes. So yes, having levels that are off for you are going to affect you across your life if you ignore it. And your levels, when you have sex, go up during the act for both men and women. That's right, guys. Women make testosterone too. And yet on this issue, people still swear to God that there are only two genders. One of the arguments here with the Proud Boys is that testosterone levels will drop and thus your, vir your virility will drop and you'll be less macho, less strong, and less masculine. And that it's your job as a man in society to maintain that definition of manness, you know? Have you asked women what they think? Actual women? Probably not. Why not hit the gym with your partner and then have sex after or have sex right before and then go to the gym together? Oof, sexy, right? And here's a question. I ask of you, if you're a proud boy and you're abstaining from masturbation for this reason, would you turn down sex with your partner over and over again, but once a month too? Because the same difference here, the testosterone myth was debunked years ago. All right, so we talked about myths. Let's talk about how masturbation works. Sexual response cycle. Listen to this definition. You ready? The sexual response cycle is a sequence of physical and emotional changes and responses that happen when a person not only becomes aroused, turned on, but when that person takes measures to, you know, do something about that arousal. So masturbation is absolutely part of this cycle. Knowing how this cycle works and, and what comes first and what comes next can help you personally pinpoint where your issues are happening. And if you find yourself with another gender from your own in bed or with another person, the timing of all of these stages might differ for you and your partner. Imagine a staircase, okay? You're walking into a room, there's a set of stairs. Excitement is that first step up, okay? That's, you see something, you like it, it's attractive. Then plateau, then the next step is orgasm. Then resolution, then you run all the way back down and you come back up the steps again, okay? <laughs> there's a hill on the other side. For me, just as an aside, I studied this long enough and have practiced enough that I'm able to cut my resolution time down and have very short time period in between. So with patience from my partner, I can have multiple orgasms back to back to back to back in one lovemaking session. If you have ED, you might go from arousal to light petting to finding yourself in the resolution part without much else going on, okay? Here's what happens. Stage one. 
muscle tension increases, heart rate quickens, and breathing is accelerated. Skin may become flushed, blotches of redness may appear on the chest and back, nipples become hardened or erect, blood flow to the genitals increases, resulting in the swelling of a woman's clitoris and labia minora. That's the inner. Now, when I'm talking about genitals, we're talking about all of it. The inside is the vagina, the outside is the vulva. Okay? The erection of the man's penis can start. Vaginal lubrication begins. The woman's breasts become fuller and the vaginal walls begin to swell. The man's testicles swell, his scrotum tightens, and he begins secreting a lubricating liquid. Remember that pesky prostate I talked about earlier? That's part of its job, friends. So this is before you even begin to have sex. And guess what, guys? There is sperm and pre-cum. So if you go without protection, you are risking pregnancy from moment one. A study in 2016 showed that at the very least, 17% of men had high levels of viable sperm before they even ejaculated in their pre-com, okay? If more students learn this in school, they would know to be careful. Your prostate is a gland. It's about the size of a walnut, and it's located between your bladder and your penis. So when you hear men having prostate issues, they often have a lot of bladder issues too. Having to pee a lot is a sign, it hurting when you pee, things like that. The prostate is just in front of the rectum, and it can produce a really, really strong orgasm. So if you've never had your prostate massaged, you've never had anal sex or anything like that, you wouldn't know about it, right? Your prostate secretes a fluid high in vitamin C. Remember I talked to you about that earlier? It helps the sperm do their swimmy thing and gives them some nourishment, you know, to help them through that path. All right, phase two, plateau. General characteristics of the plateau phase, which extends to the brink of orgasm include, I'm gonna take another drink. You should be drinking with me. Do you have your glass of water? Do you have a bottle of water? Drink it. Stay hydrated. <clears throat> the changes begin in phase changes begun in phase one are intensified. The vagina continues to swell from increased blood flow. The vaginal walls turn a dark purple. I didn't know that, and I looked up pictures, and it was fascinating. The woman's clitoris becomes highly sensitive, may even be painful to the touch, and retracts under the clitoral hood to avoid direct stimulation from the penis. This is not necessarily as severe as that sounds. For some women, clitoral stimulation during sex, it helps them reach climax and those orgasms are amazing. So this is where talking to your partner, you know, and actually saying, can I touch you? How do I touch you? Where do I touch you? For me, when I am at the peak, if I am touched the wrong way, it registers as being tickled. Now, mind you, for some people, tickling is a kink. I get that. For me, it fucking isn't. Tickling registers as a very unique type of pain in the brain. As soon as your brain gets that pain, that fight or flight response kicks in, which for some people is very exciting. So you get a person who's giggling and saying, stop, they're giggling. That is a natural, it's like burping or farting. It's just a natural thing that happens. They really mean to stop. I'm sorry, that totally triggered me. I hate being tickled. <laughs> The man's testicles are withdrawn up into the scrotum. Breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure continue to increase. Muscle spasms may begin in the feet, face, and hands. Muscle tension increases. All right. Phase three, the orgasm. The orgasm is the climax of the sexual response cycle. It's the shortest of the phases and generally lasts only a few seconds. You can increase that time. It takes practice. It takes communication. But you can make it last a lot longer. General characteristics of this phase include the following. Involuntary muscle contractions begin. Blood pressure, heart rate, and breathing are at their highest rates with rapid intake of oxygen. Muscles in the feet spasm. We've all pointed our toes to the point of it hurting, right? There's a sudden forceful release of sexual tension. In women, the muscles of the vagina contract. 
the uterus also undergoes rhythmic contractions. The other cool thing that happens that I've seen video of this, and again, if kids knew this, they'd be more careful. When a woman actually has an orgasm, she's more likely to get pregnant. And the reason for that is whew, her cervix, your cervix actually sort of dips down into the vagina and it acts like a suction cup. And I don't want to give you gross visuals, but it sort of dips right into the little kind of puddle of ejaculate by design. In men, rhythmic contractions of the muscles at the base of the penis result in the ejaculation of semen. If you've never seen a man have an orgasm, it kind of looks like a pump. It looks like it's pumping. A rash or sex flush may appear over the body. Phase 4 resolution as told by the Cleveland Clinic. During resolution, the body slowly returns to its normal level of functioning and swelled and erect body parts return to their previous size and color. This phase is marked by a general sense of well-being, enhanced intimacy, and often fatigue. Some women are capable of a rapid return to orgasm phase with further sexual stimulation and may experience multiple orgasms. Boom. It happens, but you have to communicate. Men need recovery time after orgasm. Not all of them. We've all seen pornographies. Not every man needs a lot of time in between. Call it a refractory period, during which they cannot reach orgasm again. The duration of the refractory period varies among men and usually lengthens with advancing age. Here's the thing, though, gentlemen. You can affect your resolution period. You can decrease the time and have multiples, too, just like us. Let's talk about one of the sexiest topics in the world. Edging. E-D-G-I-N-G. Edging. If you can learn about edging, you can have orgasms without full ejaculation each time. This is a topic that I will spend an entire episode on with guests, but Google it and specifically understand that edging isn't just one type of, of situation. Kegels can be used. Those are exercises that strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. The same skills you use to stop a stream of urine is basically a Kegel, okay? This is from an article. Um, this is Mind Body green.com and I've referred people to this uh, website a couple of times recently their articles seem newer they're recently posted the information is by people with educations it's sex positive it's LGBTQIA friendly the language is very 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 much what it needs to be on average it takes a cisgender man cisgender man 5.4 minutes to orgasm from vaginal penetration that's based on observation from 500 heterosexual couples from five different countries. And yet the concern of lasting long enough in bed plays on the minds of many men. The fear of orgasming at a pace deemed too fast can create a lot of anxiety. Images of having sex all night loom large. Even if a partner hasn't expressed dissatisfaction, you might feel insecure about how quickly you orgasm once penetrative intercourse has begun. The truth is there's no easy answer when it comes to how long sex should last. But if you're keen to try to extend your stamina, here are a bunch of ways to last longer in bed. Edging. So there are several different types of edging. There are three main ones that I know and three that I have tried. The start-stop technique. Get yourself right up to the point of orgasm and then stop all stimulation abruptly. Then once you've cooled down, start up again. Keep doing this over and over until you decide you'd like to ejaculate. This can also be coupled with orgasm control if your partner is into that. Ballooning. Right as you're about to reach orgasm, stop or slow stimulation while doing kegels. Then repeat. The penis may deflate before becoming erect again. Now listen to this. There are some men who do this naturally and they experience issues with their erection and it frustrates their partner. You're doing the right thing. You just got to get through the fact that your dick gets soft. Get it hard again. Um, it, it, this is a, a valid way of prolonging that intimacy. Just because your penis gets soft, don't let that get to you. You can get it hard again. The tantric method. 
take a page from tantric sex. When you are about to orgasm, inhale very slowly and visualize pulling that orgasmic energy from your penis up your body. This really is one of my favorite topics. Okay, first off, masturbation. This topic is often focused on in terms of people with penises for some reason. Women aren't taught methods and practices so they can learn about their bodies and it really pisses me off. So plan ahead, ladies. I will have an episode for you. Um, most of these benefits are generic, right? But there are some really great things that women get from masturbation that men can't get. I, I want to sort of suggest to all of you, though, the United States is leaps and bounds behind research in the field of sexuality and sexual health. So studies are out there, but we need to do better to get our scientists off their asses to answer more questions that involve more than just men and women, more than just heterosexual. We need studies that study sex and the human experience, not men and women having sex, not men and women masturbating, but people. Okay, because those experiences may differentiate. And there's a lot of facts and a lot of information out there that we don't have access to. By masturbating, men can actually help with the cycle of life inside their testicles and bodies that make babies, you can increase the viability in the life of your sperm. It, out with the old in with the new prostate health people with penises listen up do you know what your prostate is and, and what it does well you kind of do because i just told you bet most of you don't though because polls taken and studies done tell us that most of y'all don't even know where your prostate is other than a doctor shoves a finger well he doesn't shove it <laughs> the doctor puts his finger in your butt to check it right so studies have shown that ejaculation can help your prostate that will help with your erection long term and fight off cancer. So Harvard did research and then the Australians went ahead and did some research on their own. They formulated a different kind of overarching study type. But the Australian and the Harvard research, they, they came out with the same type of results. The Australian investigation evaluated total ejaculations rather than sexual intercourse itself. Like the American men, the Australians who ejaculated most frequently enjoyed a reduced risk of prostate cancer. The effect was strongest for the frequency of ejaculations in young adulthood, e even though prostate cancer was not diagnosed until many decades later. So even so, the apparent protection extended to all age groups, right? In all, men who average 4.6 to 7 ejaculations a week. Now, obviously, there isn't someone out there having an orgasm that's 0.4 less than other people. We're talking about means and medians and modes and just numbers being crunched, right? We're talking about statistics. Anyways. Men who averaged 4.6 to 7 ejaculations were 36% less likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer before the age of 70. 36% than men who ejaculated less than 2.3 times a week on average. Increased blood flow. Ladies, you first. Studies have shown that masturbation helps with postmenopausal women. You can actually have what's called vaginal atrophy, which really means not using your vagina causes it to kind of regress <laughs> jesus christ somebody actually wrote that on a research study i just read but also hormones drop and blood flow to the area drops masturbation is a painkiller studies done as early as 1961 have told us that sexual arousal can help but along with orgasm can help release hormones that can soothe pain including period pain for people with uteruses lower back pain seems to be the focus of many of those studies for men but for women Friends, if you have your period, the contractions of the uterus and the cervix during orgasm can help get that mess over with, with less pain. Stimulates the immune system in a good way. This would be an hour-long podcast, but trust me, your hormones and your glands are all related. They all work together. Masturbation helps with leukocyte production and leukocyte fight, leukocytes fight illness. 
Improves a man's ability to know his own body. I mean, come on. Can you imagine if everybody knew how they like to be touched? How to communicate it? And if every partner had the chance to learn this information, boom! I'm telling you, the world would change. Masturbation can help with insomnia. Now, I am a chronic idiopathic insomniac. I am up all hours of the night. I can't help it. It just happens. Um, masturbation can help. Okay? It doesn't always help. This is kind of an aside, but um, oxytocin is another thing you should look up in terms of release, in terms of sex, because I mention it because it's one of the hormones that's responsible for happiness and for pain relief, and people often don't even know a damn thing about it. All right, restless leg syndrome. I don't know if you knew this or not, but people suffering from le restless leg syndrome often see um, less signs of it, less symptoms. It's not as severe. There are studies out there. You can read them if you have the time and you just want to read it. I have a kicker at home. My partner is a restless leg syndrome. I call him a survivor because it's horrible. I feel bad for him. Um, and having orgasms can help it, can make it better. This next one hasn't been researched yet, but this is my claim. And my God's what I love to help with the research to prove it. In my time of talking to men and women about masturbation, here is one thing I have noticed. Women who are open about masturbating and who practice it regularly, always, every single one of them, remarks that on average they have higher amounts of positive body image and higher self-esteem than their friends socially you know and emotionally there's this sort of thing that happens when women of older ages are open about their sexuality it empowers them and people praise them i don't know what it is but a large fraction of men that i have talked to seem to see masturbation as a substitute for sex um, there's embarrassment and i think they feel like they'd be more virile and feel better about themselves if they were having that much sex with another person. I feel bad. I feel bad that they feel that way. But um, that's society. That's what they've been raised to feel. Okay, so I could keep going on, but I won't. You've listened to me drone on and on about the Proud Boys, right? Here, this is directed directly to the Proud Boys. Why deny yourself the benefits? Why not just say no pornography and keep the consent line in there, but remove the requirement of partners? Why assume? That the act of masturbation is the cause of the problems with reproduction. Why assume that masturbation is affecting family skills and parenting and partnering? Why not teach self-control and empowerment? I'm telling you folks, I really want to know what the women in these homes experience. Here's something that I realized though. We as a society put men down who masturbate. I am telling you the chronic masturbator label has been used for serial killers, characters in movies who are often like the weirdos. It's like it's as if chronic masturbation is a thing. Firstly, if you think you're masturbating so much that it's affecting your intimacy, that is a symptom of a bigger issue. But I do know in my research, I talk with several women who were very hurt, embarrassed, and felt cheated on when they realized that their partner was masturbating. Let me share my point, okay? If you are masturbating and you are my partner and you're doing it with pornography, right? Looking at women who I can never look like unless I get a ton of work done, right? And then when it comes time to being close with me and to have sex with me or just intimacy in general, look, I'm very, very physical in my relationships. I give lots of kisses, lots of hugs. I love to cuddle. I need to be touched. That's one of my love languages is touch, okay? I need a deep connection. That's what makes me demi-pan and not just pansexual. So anyways, if you're my partner and you aren't performing or avoiding or denying me and pornography is involved, that's my fucking issue, right? All right, I'm tired. Mostly because when I talk about issues like this, as you have heard, 
I pick out details from other issues and aspects of society that need to be fixed before this issue can be fixed. And I don't know where to start. I don't know if I know any Proud Boys. I would hope that the people that I love do not feel so angry and isolated that they would turn to violence. And I would hope that they do, they do not feel so angry and so isolated and are so intentionally ignorant that they find a group of people that just supports how they feel inside rather than delve deeper as to why they feel the way they do. I sometimes wonder if some people are just wired to fall into cults, just like something about them leads them to this. So I talked earlier about the stages that men have to go through to be full proud boys. The first stage is to announce that publicly, social media, and keep it out there and be proud of it. How do we as a country even let it get to that point? I, I know if a friend of mine posted socially that they were in the Proud Boys, I would quickly reach out and I would have some things to say. And then in the next year is no wank and it goes up. So years ago, story time, I was in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I played Golda. And I think only one cast member in the show was, it was a children's show. I think only one cast member was actually Jewish and she came just to do that show. And she brought a friend with her and that friend brought a grandmother and the grandmother just, she was amazing. After, after the show, I met with her and she just fawned all over me and she told me all these stories and I ended up going out to dinner with them um, and spending time with her. I went to um, synagogue with her the weekend after, like she, I just, and we have stayed in touch. I only talked to her maybe once or twice a year now. This was, gosh, she's like 80 years old now. This was like 20 years ago. So I reached out to her to talk to her about this. Um, and I'm fascinated by the, the, the viewpoints of practicing Jews. Ju Judaism has some really beautiful viewpoints on sex and relationships, okay? So she used this Yiddish word. I think she said mazek or mazekem, something that means scamp or mischievous brat. So I said to her, what does it make you feel when you hear that there's a group of men in this country that call themselves the Proud Boys? And then I shared with her some of their beliefs. Not, not the violence or anything, but I shared what they believe. And she said... If you want to be called a boy, you want to be treated like one. And that hit me really hard. The power of language itself with this. If you have a takeaway from any of this, I hope it's that masturbation has to be practiced within the confines of social mores and laws, right? But that most social mores and laws are busted because what I said before, religious interpretations and manipulation. If you lack the common sense to know when to masturbate and when not to, that's a bigger issue, you know? It's a bigger issue with you and your own experiences, not with women. Every mom of a child coming of age, I don't care what the gender of your child is, you need to know this. You should have the door open and door closed and the talk about long showers and the talk about when self-exploration should be happening. Normalize it. Yes, it's embarrassing, but tell them. Ignore that feeling. Talk about it. It's important. If we remove the taboo from the masturbation topic as a society, we remove one tenant of several hate groups and religious groups like the proud boys we take away their control of their members do we blame parents for incels and proud boys i don't know that's a slippery slope but let's let's go back to the claim of why no wank is a practice in the proud boy structure and leveling system you can level up in it again that's manipulative in and of itself it's like scientology but the claim that this is better for the family unit but relying on your partner as your only means of sexual gratification I'd argue that takes your power away from you, doesn't it? I can't imagine that stress that it can put on a woman with someone who is diehard about this rule to know that their partner may resent them for not giving them the amount of sex or the quality that they want. 
I've actually been in that situation with a, with a non-proud boy partner and it's a private story. Maybe I'll share it, but it really negatively affected me that he was holding this weight over my head because we weren't having the sex that he wanted as often as he wanted. Go wank off. Enjoy your body. I get that you're angry, you know, but do you really need a political and social group telling you how to relate to your own partner, to your own body? Do you really want to relinquish that much control to gain what? Right now, the world is watching these people and most fucking hate them. Parents, get ahead of this before your sons become so disenfranchised during the most confusing times of their lives by giving them resources to understand that in part, that desperation that they feel, that pubescent children feel, that they feel for sex and gratification is normal. It's a normal part of biological development that, that that's going on in their body. It sucks to want sex and not have a partner, right? But do we really want this to be the defining issue that leads our sons to hatred? I literally have a sentence in my notes that talks about this. Um, I think it was Lincoln who warned that the terrorism threat will be on our own soil by our own sons or whatever, but he never even said it like that. He said, this is a quote, and I don't know what Lincoln sounded like, so I'm not going to make up a voice because I think that's mean because he's dead or whatever. Maybe I will. At what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher as a nation of freemen. We must live through all time or die by suicide. Jeebus! How in the hell people got anything out of that other than what it says? I don't know. It's scary to think our sexually frustrated boys are going to potentially group up and see women as the enemy. All with the help of rules like no wank to further indoctrinate them and tell them that having sex with women is equal to their manhood and power and lack thereof. And that us denying them sex, quote, denying them sex is us trying to get rid of them as people. There is so much information out there to combat the misinformation, but for now, try and experiment with your partner. Light some candles, wash the bed sheets, I like clean bed sheets, and masturbate together. I know personally that surprising my partner by letting him walk in on me masturbating on purpose, a quick lip bite and an eyebrow raise, and he was ready to watch and partake. He knows now how to touch me the way I need. And I now know that there are other ways that I can be touched that I actually really like. Don't be afraid to tell your partner to use lube. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Read about your dick. Read and study about your twat, your cooch, whatever you want to call it. Listen to me when I say this. Sex smart people have great smart sex. I love you. I hope you have an amazing orgasm tonight. I hope somebody gives you a big old hug and tells you how much they love you. And if they don't, then listen to this. I love you. That's why I'm sharing my thoughts with you. Don't be embarrassed about your sexuality.